Welcome to the Hammer and Quill, a Bonhoeffer House podcast exploring the good, the true, and the beautiful in the lives and locations of interesting people. This is episode 25, an interview with Zoe Robinson. Zoe, welcome to America. Yeah, mm. Thanks for having me. And welcome to the Hammer and Quill, Zoe. <laughs> on behalf of On behalf America. of America, I'd like to welcome you. <laughs> To America, you head of a dignitary. You have <laughs> a lot of people have actually asked me to welcome you from from America. I, uh, you have escaped Canada and come to America for a visit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and we are glad you did that, and we're glad you're here with us. We're here. We just this podcast probably is going out late January, early February, but here we are, just turned to a new year, and we survived. Yeah. That feels like the right word. I'm thriving personally. Okay. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> I'm thriving. My numbers are up. My weight numbers are up. Like, like pounds. Lifting or no, like not lifting. Your body I, mass. Body <laughs> mass numbers are very high <laughs> after this year and the holidays. And so I feel like when I go swimming next, I'll be floating better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> More buoyancy. <laughs> oh, wait! I'm ready on the bright side. <laughs> I'm ready for the cold February uh, because I have more. Yeah, of me. yeah, insulation. So there's, I've got that going for me, <laughs> and uh, looking forward to 2021, and looking forward to having you having this conversation with you, mm-hmm. Zoe. It's good to have you here with us. So you have been visiting with Craig, your husband's family. Mm-hmm. That's true, right? It is true. Yeah. Yeah. We were with them for about a week and then we ventured this way. Ventured this way. And you were a week with the family in Richlands. Richlands, Which is a place. Yeah. Yeah. It's a place I've never been. Me neither. I've seen it on a map. Not too far from here though. It's about an hour and a half. Ish, yeah. It's it's pretty far out there. It's kind of in the the boonies. In the boonies. Mm -hmm. In the boonies. Now, uh, Zoe, you're from Canada. I am. Yeah, born and raised. Born and raised, eh? Okay. Well, <laughs> if I could reach the boo button, I would. <laughs> boo. If you're going to use it, use it right, you know? <laughs> Listen, we are um we are all and now you are a listener. A lot of times we have yeah. to assume our our guests are listeners. Yeah. But we know you listen. Mm-hmm. Okay, we know you listen. You've given us uh some advice. We're going to take your advice. As a matter of fact, just before we hit record, Zoe was telling us that we should have our wives on for mm-hmm. a Valentine's Day episode. Who wouldn't want to hear that? Who wouldn't want to hear that? But, um, <laughs> I mean, I think it'll be interesting. If nothing else, a good roast. A good yeah. roast of who? I think that's an I implied. think probably mostly you. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like Emily. This feels like and your, a gang and Jenny. <laughs> My Jenny will not roast me. Um, that's... Just on air. demonstrably. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're glad to have you here with us, Zoe. This podcast, if you're tuning in for the first time, uh, is a Bonhoeffer House podcast. And it really is. We, we are trying to explore the good, true, and beautiful uh, through a Philippians 4.8 lens. Philippians 4.8 says, finally, brothers, whatever's true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. In fact, Philippians 4, 8 is trying to direct us back to the gospel truth that is found in the good news of Jesus and uh, is, is found in glimpses as we look uh, around us and really stop and look and slow down and see 
what God is doing. And we, we like to do that here on the Hammer and Quill in the lives and vocations of people who are serving God uh, in a way that is seeking to honor him. You know, in particular, trying to be uh, faithfully present with people and faithfully uh, obedient to God in a variety of vocations. And so we're glad to have you on. We wanted to have Zoe on because Zoe is an old friend from the early years, the early days of the Bonhoeffer House. She moved to Radford with her husband, Craig, uh, who came to study with us as he was preparing for pastoral ministry and church planting. Zoe, you became a church member here at Valley Bible Church, where I pastor in Radford, Virginia, served uh, our Bonhoeffer House crew around 1,000 cups of coffee <laughs> as a barista and manager of a local coffee shop. In fact, created, invented yep. a very special drink for this shout out to Jonathan Bowell, our church mm-hmm. planter right. at South City Church in Richmond, who got us. Can you describe this special? Do you remember it? Basically just a lot of sugar, a tiny bit of caffeine and yeah. heavy whipping cream. Yeah. It was like ice cream, whipping cream, yeah. and yeah. a little a shot of espresso. Chocolate, chocolate, yeah. oh, and there chocolate was milkshake thing sh- for Jonathan. <laughs> just enough to call it a caffeinated Coffee, drink, yeah. I think. Yeah. She now works in the healthcare industry in Canmore, Alberta, Canada, and is serving alongside her husband Craig as a church planter and as a leader at of the Cairn Church in the Bow Valley. Zoe. Welcome. Introduce yourself. You are ready for this because you're a longtime listener. Yeah. You didn't have baseball cards in baseball Canada, cards. right? I mean, what do you have? Baseball in yeah, Canada? The Toronto, the Blue Jays, <laughs> Montreal kidding. Expos back then. Your knowledge uh, of Canada is always amazing. Thank it's, you. It's just the one so thing wise. Jesse that, knows is that, that Canada has Mounties. Yeah. <laughs> he talks frequently yeah, about and, the Mounties. And no police. one calls them that. <laughs> well, but that's fun that you know that. But we do. <laughs> We do. Okay. So anyway, uh, you don't have, you know, you got some baseball, but uh, we took your team and turned it into a World Series champion in D.C., the Washington Mm. Nationals, formerly the Montreal Expos. Mm. But of course, that's not where you grew up. You were out west, right? Uh, Back and forth, but yeah. Back and forth. Well, you're going to get a chance to tell us because we want to know what would be on the back of your baseball card. Vital statistics for Zoe Robinson. All right. Well, barring height and weight, I'm guessing you don't care about that. Uh, yes. No, no need to tell us that. <laughs> um, I guess you would want to know I'm a wife to one of your guys' best friends, a mom to a two-and-a-half-year-old, a little girl named Blythe, um, and we're actually in the process of adopting out of our local social services, which is really exciting. Awesome. We're working on getting approved for that. Yeah, so growing our family. Um, I do work in healthcare. I am an educator at a local senior living um, I have a background in nursing and through my time in the States gained some extra education that certified me to, um, work as an educator, but I s- specifically work in dementia education. So mm-hmm. walking families through transitions, uh, in care and, um, honestly just counseling them through the grieving process. Cause mm-hmm. that's, that's what that disease looks like. Um, and then we are a church planting family. So I am in that uh, deep with Craig. Um, my role changes weekly mm. almost. Mm. Um, but yeah, we're uh, church planting. And then Craig is also co-vocational up there working construction. So. Co-vocational, laying tile, working construction yeah. in the family business, right? Yeah. Yep. And, uh, and we had Craig on. You remember what episode that was, Michael? I do not. Episode 10. Episode 10, if you want to go back and listen, where Craig talks about his life as a co-vocational and uh, that that word for co-vocational, which we really appreciate. I've tried to start using it now. Yeah. 
and uh, it, it gives the idea not just of being um, bifurcated between two vocations, like you have to sort of juggle and go back and forth, but uh, seeing your vocational your vocational callings uh, together as a comprehensive calling that God has for you, and, and really kind of looking at them as a way of uh, working together to serve God. Yeah. Um, excellent. So, Zoe, I would love to start by asking you more about uh, your your vocation in the healthcare industry. Um, I'm not sure I knew that you you are um, coaching dementia families, and so I'd love to hear more about that. And just yeah. just in general, what it is that you do. What do you do on a normal week? You know, I know there's no such thing as normal weeks yeah. anymore. Yeah. Um, I mean, my job has stayed pretty consistent throughout COVID because um, part of my role, uh, the least exciting part of it is helping our team members meet standardized educational goals to keep us licensed as a company, which I'm not going to go into that. Yeah, we don't need to hear about that. Um, (laughs) But the exciting part of my role that I love is um, giving hands-on education to our staff on how it looks to best serve someone living with dementia. So we, we have a secure memory care unit in our building Um, But we also have people living completely independent and we like to see them age in place. So that means they move in like you guys will in 10, 10 years, Jesse. I'm sorry. (laughs) This is not cool. That is not okay. I'm 40 years old. Correct me if I'm wrong. (laughs) You are wrong. You are very wrong. Sorry, my mistake. I'm so embarrassed. (laughs) So you're suggesting that I'm going to be needing assisted living in 10 years, this is well, not okay. I said independent, <laughs> 65 plus. <laughs> we'll make a special exception sometimes for yeah. a little younger, but. Yeah, if people really need I'm, it. So, so <laughs> discouraging right now. I was confident going into 2021. I was going to float the next time I went swimming. <laughs> you can do that. We do have a full indoor pool heated. <laughs> listen, it's heated, listen here's the thing is, this is funny, okay? But... I've been to the facility out there, right? It's beautiful. It is beautiful. It is. And I would consider going there. At, I'd have to at be age fifty. Here's the thing is in ten years, I'm i I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a thirteen year old. Mm. Yeah. I can't leave her behind. Yeah. So true. we'll make it fifteen well, years. Okay. Fifteen, 15 years. years yeah. Jenny and I will 18. come out there. <laughs> yeah. And we'll just we'll do some independent living. We'll go floating in the heated pool <laughs> at at really one It'll of the be most extremely beautiful. buoyant by that point. <laughs> This is what I, I was hoping. Sorry, so, this is I'm what done. I was hoping that this episode would be. <laughs> did you get her? Did you tell Zoe to come after me today? I did tell Craig to tell. Okay, to tell Zoe okay. that I would team up oh, with her. See. I just want to apologize to all of our <laughs> listeners who are loyal to me and me personally. For yeah, this I clarified that I would team up with her if she would. That's she become would very clear to me. me. And by that, he meant just giggling wildly. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, I'm sorry. I'm so, done. I okay. work in senior living and I am quite compassionate despite what this is portraying yeah. me as. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I work alongside residents who transition from being completely independent to assisted living to um, maybe for some uh, secure memory care unit where it's specially designed to meet mm. their needs. And this is all in one facility? This is, yeah. It's one big, it looks like a condo building from the outside, mm-hmm. um, but it was actually designed for senior living. So, once you walk in, you'd see that. But so someone, someone then can transition across the three stages yeah. if needed. Yeah, that's that's kind of the whole design behind the buildings, and that's actually the way senior care is moving now. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but yeah, so I, I work with specifically with residents, but we also have a lot of spouses uh, living in our facility where one may need more care than another. And I get to counsel them through uh, what transitions looks like, how to keep them at home and safe for as long as possible, coping mechanisms. Um, I mean, part of dementia is you're losing them without losing them. Mm. Yeah. And so helping them learn that what they're walking through is grief yeah. um, and then walking through them with that. Um, and then also just walking alongside families, um, as especially with COVID, navigating at a distance, like why is mom doing this now? She wasn't doing that earlier. Um, mm. Dad's doing this. What does that mean? And kind of giving them some tools. Mm. Man, that is, that is a good job. Yeah. That is a good calling. And as you're called into that, can you talk a little bit about your journey in healthcare? I know you did some nursing, you know, talk, talk about how you ended up where you are now. Yeah. yeah um, really random. It's totally the Lord, uh, started as a nurse, uh, graduate when I was 19 and I don't from think, what, from sorry, college uh, licensed practical nurse, which okay. in Canada down here, it's basically the same thing, but our scope is bigger. Um, and realized very quickly that I was maybe not made for the dog eat dog world of nursing. Um, I don't know if you guys, anyone listening is a nurse, but they say nurse eat their young and it's mm. true. Um, we do have nurses listening. Yeah. I'm, I was a very young grad and not prepared for, um, that work environment. So I didn't thrive, but I knew I still wanted to do something in healthcare uh, fast forward, um, I did work as a nurse and then we moved to the States and my nursing license didn't transfer. So I just kind of felt, oh God, where are you want, where, where are we going with this? Um, this is when you moved to Richlands Rich yeah. and, and lived in an Airstream with a, a trailer mm -hmm. with your husband, Craig. Yeah. And I went to community college because okay. I thought, why not? Um, I got halfway through a degree towards education and then we moved to Radford and lo and behold, the government didn't want to pay for my school anymore, mm. which is kind of strange, you know, an immigrant. Mm. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> so uh, that ended abruptly. And then I became uh, the manager at the coffee shop where you guys came in all the time. Um, Craig was in his apprenticeship and um, I got hired on at a senior living in uh, Virginia that uh, was awesome, really invested in me and furthered my education to be where I am now. And then moving back to Canada um, again, kind of started at the bottom of the totem pole and just took an entry level job and God just worked a lot of things out where I was able to move up in my company really quickly. And they actually, uh, created my role for me, um, just because they saw the need. So it was really, uh, totally the Lord. So did your, did your time in Radford at the, um, at the nursing job, mm -hmm. it was that what made you interested in your current job or? Or would you say you were already interested in doing some kind of senior uh, health care? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I've always loved seniors. And okay. so all of my nursing has always been geriatric. Um, but knowing that I didn't love the nursing, not knowing how I could work with them. Uh -huh. um, the half a degree I got was in education and in high school toying between nursing and being a teacher. Uh -huh. um, and so my role now is like the perfect mix of like I get to be in the demographic, serving them how I want, uh, using the skill set that I think the Lord has given me to best serve them. Awesome. Yeah. Talk a little bit about um, what it was like for you to be in in, uh, in waiting or holding patterns or redirected, because if you don't mind, because mm -hmm. 
Uh, when I think about your story, you know, and I, I got to know you first when you were in Richlands in community college, you came here and I remember there being some struggle. Like what is, what is the Lord doing? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, you know, managing a coffee shop, but that's not really what I want to do. Do I want to go? I want to go back to school. I can't, can't continue to go to school. Um, and, and I know I, 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 you know, we pastor church with a lot of 20 somethings and of course with the Bonhoeffer house where that's kind of the world we live in. And oftentimes there's a sense of this should be easier. Like mm -hmm. my job should just come to, why are there obstacles? Why am I getting redirected? Why am I having to wait? Can you talk a little bit, what was that experience like for you? And what did you, you know, learn or gain? How were you shaped mm -hmm. in the waiting and redirecting? Yeah. Um, I mean, a couple things, I think one, God was just calling me to trust and be invested. Um, and that's something that has been invaluable in church planting mm -hmm. is in the unsettled, choosing to be content and to put down roots, mm. even though you don't know, mm. you know, how long you'll be there for. Um, and so that has just stayed with me, that lesson. Um, the redirection, if I hadn't been a manager at a coffee shop, I wouldn't have had manager on my resume. And so I wouldn't have gotten the job I got here in Virginia in senior living because that was a management role. Mm. And so they they liked that I had that. So, mm. but the only place I'm, I would have been qualified to manage is a coffee shop. Mm -hmm. So like the Lord knew like, hey, we're going to get this experience. I did learn a lot. Um, and those were really hard seasons. Like it was really fun and you guys came in, but there were really <laughs> dark days, real dark days. Yeah. Um, when you're not super passionate about what you're doing and mm -hmm. then it's also hard work. Yeah. Uh, it's really hard to put down those roots. Um, but character and just trusting the Lord that like every day I go in here is more than pouring a cup of coffee. It's God's doing heart work on me and, mm. and I'm being present and that's, that alone is enough. And in the moment, how, how able were you to recognize that? Do you think? Um, I think it ebbs and flows. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, obviously if you're not like focused on the Lord at that moment, it can feel really dark. But I think that if you're in that and you're just like, Hey, like constantly reorienting your, your heart to him, it can, it makes or breaks it, right? Like it's that joy and knowing that you're investing in more than what it looks like. And did you have like people or, or practices that helped you to kind of re retrain your, your thought process or to remember, Hey, this is more than just pouring a cup of coffee. God's yeah. God's at work. I can trust him. Yeah. There were some really godly people. Um, first of all, hired my sister-in-law as my assistant manager, which was, um, nepotism. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> smart though. Uh, super smart. She loves the Lord and that, the Lord just knew like that came at a time where I was ready to give, give up, kind of mm. throw in the towel. Um, and she came and just spoke truth to my heart every day. Mm. Um, and it was neat to have someone shoulder to shoulder with you in that. Mm. Not yeah. everyone can have that. That's a blessing. Yeah. Um, and so I think that it's really, really important to, to have a friendship or a mentor, someone who is, um, maybe not in it with you, but will speak truth and hard truth to you mm. when you're ready to give up. Because if God says you're not done, you're not done. And mm. so you're going to need someone there to say you're not done. Mm. Mm, that's good. Yeah. yeah. So what I'm hearing you say, Zoe, is, um, and it's something that I've thought a lot, two things that, that jumped out at me is, one, the the relationship to between being redirected, patient, flexible with uh, trusting God wherever he takes you, 
the correlation there to church planting, preparing you for mm-hmm. uh, the kind of um, front frontier work that church planting is, and especially in a place like uh, Canmore, maybe more so mm-hmm. than around here, though I think anywhere, you know, you're starting something new, uh, that that thing is going to look different every month. You know, mm-hmm. you know, we talk about with our church planters that uh, now we're, Valley Bible Church is 10 years old. We do our strategic planning, you know, 18 months at a time or so. And we're thinking about what's five years out. Uh, but as a church plant, you do need to do that. You need to mm-hmm. think about what what's five years out. What what do we exist for long? How, what do I want the, the what do we want the church to look like when we're retiring? Right? You want to think that way, but you you have to course correct so much. It's like you got a new budget every month. You got a new you know priorities every month, and so um, it seems like the Lord used your experience to prepare you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing is just thinking about the way you you were being shaped and formed uh, into the kind of person who could excel when God opened the door for you to step in mm-hmm. uh, into the vocation you're in now and even open the door for you to be a mom and and open the door for you to be a mom again in a in maybe a, a different way through um, through adoption and so you know the Lord's forming you even when you're in the holding pattern mm-hmm Totally. Absolutely. And, and it's, it's cool to look back and see that now. It's harder to see in the moment though, which is what yeah. you guys were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I've been reflecting on that, uh, really in the last, well, in the last few months, but just that it's, it's so easy in concept a lot of the time to think about like, Oh yeah, God forms me through trials and mm-hmm. difficulties. And, um, and then you get in the trial or the difficulty or the waiting or the whatever it is. And you're like, what are you doing? God, yeah. <laughs> where are you? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I had just been particularly interested in, in like, man, what is, what does it look like to, to remember and reorient like you were saying? And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm convinced that it's, that it's people and, and practices mm-hmm. that, that do that, um, help us remember the story that mm-hmm. God's at work. Totally. Yeah, he never stops. So yeah. St. Saint Augustine famously prayed, Lord, give me self-control. Just not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I often feel that way about trials, you <laughs> yeah. know, or or uh, you know, th- things that don't go the way I want them to go. When when I look back, it's like, man, I wouldn't have traded anything for that. That season of life formed me, and right. uh, and oftentimes that's a season of life where you meet with with God in ways that you weren't when everything was comfortable and going the way you know you expected. But and when everything's comfortable and going the way you expected, you. You don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's true. And it's almost like you have to work and claw to get time with him or time yeah. with people that mm. reorient your heart. And it's worth so much more because of how hard it work mm. it is to get there. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you can, if you can hire your sister-in-law. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, number one. Do it. If you can't, you need to find a friend or a mentor who can continue to speak truth to you. Yeah. Remind yeah. you that God's at work even when you... Uh, don't see it and and don't feel it and Mm -hmm. remind you that he's forming you not just forming a plan for you Mm -hmm. and 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 it's so good to have like uh, you know that friend or mentor whoever it is I I feel a lot of times for me the temptation if I'm like counseling someone or if I'm if I'm with someone in in the trial or in the waiting or in the difficulty is like how can I fix this Mm -hmm. so that you don't have to have pain or you don't have to wait or you don't, you know, mm-hmm. but having someone who, like you said, can be shoulder to shoulder with totally. you, can be in it with you and not just, not just fix it, but remind you 
hey, God's working and mm-hmm. I don't know how long this season's going to be, but God's working. and, and Just to sit in that with yeah. each other. Yeah. Totally. Mm. Mm. Hey, talk a little bit about the role of hospitality in your vocation. So here, I'd love for you to talk about, um, you, you can kind of bridge the gap between your vocation as a, uh, as a wife and mom. And by the way, when we, when we use the word vocation here, we don't just mean what you get paid for. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you're listening in for the first time, we like to talk about vocation comes from the Latin word vocare, which means to call. And traditionally, vocation was seen as a calling, whatever it was, whether you're a cobbler or a, that's someone who makes shoes, um, <laughs> or you're a mom or you're... It's just the go-to. Is yeah, it's because of, it's Luther? of Luther. Yeah, okay. Luther and his Luther talks in his, I think his table talk about, and it's about vocation, about how the, the Christian cobbler ought not to make bad shoes with crosses on them, as if as if the that you know that Christianizes God. the shoes and honors God. What honors God is to make good shoes, mm-hmm. shoes that will last and and help someone who wears them and serve them well. So, um, so when we think about you know vocation, we think about whatever God's called you to. So in your case, mm-hmm. um, thinking especially about your family life uh, and, and senior health care, senior education and, and care, and in the Cairn Church and church planting. Uh, can you talk some about hospitality and, and the role hospitality plays? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so just an encouragement to maybe other future church planters' wives out there. Uh, it's not... Um, necessarily an ingrained gift you will have naturally mm. um i learned hospitality from my main girl holly paulette shout oh, out shout out shout yeah. out to my long girl. time listener long time listener and, big fan and uh writer for the house journal yeah she's written for the bonhoeffer house the house journal and will one day be on the hammer quill i'm sure yeah we'll talk about her experience going <laughs> from um a never farmer or never homesteader to a current homesteader oh and farmer, yeah. farmer's wife. Yeah, I believe yesterday she was wearing a shirt that said "The Great Indoors." So yes. that sums up that sums up my best pal. <laughs> yeah, um, but you know what? She owns it, and she rocks hospitality. And she um, was actually we were set up on a blind double date with the Paulettes when we first came to Radford, mm. and it she welcomed. Out. It worked out. She yeah. it worked out. She hosted um, re, in a real, very raw. Um, super warm way. And I'd Mm. never had, I'd never had that experience before. I thought hosting was, um, like little plates on the side for your bun and a different plate for your salad and all the forks and knives and things, because that's, that's how Mm -hmm. I grew up. Mm -hmm. And that is great. And there's a time and place for that. But Holly just welcomed us into she her didn't home. Have, she didn't have the you side plates. You know what? Plates. She didn't have a special <laughs> salad fork. But that's okay. Yeah. Because she, yeah, she just taught me the value of hospitality. That's right. Um, in the course of just a real day. Mm. Um, and I don't know how many times we were just around the kitchen table with them. And it was, it was just about being around her table with her and her husband, Morgan. And so um, that kind of sparked in me that um, I'm super introverted and so having people in my home felt really like exposing, mm-hmm. really, really intimate. And I was afraid of uh, the meal I cooked wouldn't be good enough or our house wouldn't be clean enough. And we have a big dog. Maybe they don't like dogs. And maybe I wouldn't make them feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so crazy to see that of who I was just a couple of years ago and how God has just been like, hey, hospitality is my heart. Mm-hmm. And so um, it that stuff doesn't matter. He put us in when we first moved to Canada, we lived in an RV 
uh, for five or six months and we hosted in there. And then we lived in a 600 square foot condo. Um, and half of that was more than half of that was, um, bedroom. So our living space was minuscule and we would have, you thir- had a few of us, you spend, hosted us. we had you guys, yeah, yeah, I forgot you yeah. guys were there. We had 13 people around a table in there. <laughs> it's crazy. Like there wasn't even enough room to breathe. And, and listeners, when Zoe says she has a large dog. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, are you, are you worried that the dog will trample them? <laughs> <laughs> Some dogs they're, they're going to like, you know. Be on your knees or messing with you know you know you're gonna they're gonna go underfoot uh, yeah. yeah but Kootenay Kootenay is a Kootenay yeah, will trample bear. you yeah she's a big girl um, she's a big girl so thir- big so girl. legitimately thirteen people and Kootenay and the dog yeah. is is that counts like, as three people that's itself literally <laughs> the entire that like entire uh, living it, it living was, room kitchen yeah it space, was the basically. whole like literally yeah. our whole floor floor space yeah. and it was beautiful mm. and like. Craig and I look back and we're like, wow, like that was kind of dumb, but people <laughs> came, yeah. you know? And, and so, um, and people have often said like, wow, we felt really loved. And I was really shocked. I was like, well, it wasn't perfect. And it was really hot in there and really tight. And, right. and God was at work in that. And so, um, mm. hospitality has looked like a lot of different things. Hospitality, um, in seasons of life for me have just looked like warmth and, um, being present with people. Hospitality mm. has looked like an open door, um, has dinner, you know, uh, around a table. Um, it it just plays a massive role because I feel like if we viewed church as a family, the families gather around tables and, and gather in homes and, um, God has just like awoken a love for that in my heart. Um, and it was something that I thought was the most intimidating thing I could think of. Mm. That's good. I like the idea uh, of hospitality as being um, setting a place at the table or um, being around the table together. Because obviously, food does play. A, we we would say um, it's not necessary, but it's probably more necessary that there's food than than it is that there's uh, formal plates or forks, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. uh, and and one story that makes me think about that is um, the story of David and Mephibosheth and. Second Samuel nine, mm-hmm. and it's the story where David brings his enemy's son, who is at a place called Lodabar, which is uh, Hebrew for nowhere, mm. and brings goes and gets him from nowhere and brings him to the to. But when he brings him to the palace, uh, or brings him to his home, rather than uh, kill him as he as he you know you would would do your rival's family. Uh, he he brings him in and specifically says he'll have a place at the table, mm-hmm. and that's like you're you're basically you're part of the family. Yeah, that belonging. And and then when we think about the Last Supper of Jesus, a place at the table, and uh, and even what we do every Sunday at Valley Bible Church and at the do you, do you do communion at the Karen? We do, yeah. Yes, yeah, so you guys have a pretty cool communion thing that yeah, you do there, right? Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. So you come together at the table because you have a place together because hospitality isn't necessarily about, um, you know, how fancy your China is. Although, like you said, there's a space, there's a place for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's about making room for people. It's about, uh, you know, the way I always described hospitality is, uh, is to, is to make place for people, mm-hmm. which means you can do that anywhere. You can do that, you know, at Burger King, even mm-hmm. at Burger King. Mm-hmm. At Popeyes, where they have the world's greatest oh chicken sandwiches. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Shout out to Popeyes, number one in chicken sandwiches. Go ahead, Zoe. <laughs> We're going for a sponsorship here. 
<laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind it. I think too, it's just about your posture towards people. Um, mm. In COVID, that could look like pulling your car up beside someone, right? So, mm-hmm. another, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's how you uh, how you present yourself to them in that warmth and that openness, and just like leaving room for them. Mm. Mm. I mean, I'd love to hear uh, specifically in uh, in your work in the healthcare field. Do you feel like there have been ways that you've been able to be hospitable towards the families that you, that mm. come and get counseling or teaching, or or towards the uh, the seniors that you're caring for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm fortunate because, um, my, um, vocation at work is, um, a very, um, emotionally charged space generally, mm-hmm. um, which actually gives me a lot of opportunity for hospitality. Um, I've been really lucky. I have an office, um, and it seems to be a hub Um, a coming and going and sometimes for better or for worse. Um, but it has been a really beautiful space of gospel conversations, Mm. um, or just people coming and, um, unloading and then leaving and feeling hopefully better. Um, it's also been just a space of like relationship building. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I do pray constantly that I would be someone people feel drawn to come see. Um, and God has never failed to answer that. Um, my office just got moved to the end of a hallway. I call it a, a just a little uh, bomb shelter. It's just literally this tiny little hole at the end of a hallway. And God is still bringing people down there. Mm. And um, it's just been really beautiful to see, um, yeah, just him beckoning mm. um, and giving me words in moments when I was like, mm. wow, how do I tackle this? Someone, you know, like some of these yeah. topics are pretty heavy yeah. and yeah. it is really hard to, in an appropriate way, in a professional setting, which is very different than in your home. Yeah. Um, not cross boundaries, but still, uh, let them know you're kind of with them in that, you know, but we were talking yeah. about yep. either just like s- sitting, sitting in that grief with them or, yeah. or in that frustration or whatever. Mm. I, it's just cool that, I mean, I'm, so I'm reading, I feel like this is a shout out to a lot of people, um, but I'm, I'm reading uh, Gentle and Lowly right yeah, now. Yeah, I think I recommended that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm also that. about halfway through because everyone in my life was like, yes. oh, have you read Gentle you and Lowly? You have to read it. But, uh, but it's, been really, it, it's been really good. They've all been right. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think, I think the subtitle is, uh, the lowly piece is really hitting the head for Jesse there. (laughs) That's really, I haven't got to that chapter yet. (laughs) Oh God. It's tooting his own horn over Uh, there. uh Um, (laughs) I recommended it. It's it's really good. Tooting my own horn is one of my hobbies. Um, (laughs) the subtitle of the book is something good. It's Christ's heart for sinners and sufferers. Is that right? That's what it is. Um, yes. And so I just, I think it's, it's really cool that, I mean, more or less, at, at least with the f- the families that are coming into your office, mm-hmm. they are coming almost always as, as sufferers, mm-hmm. as those who totally. are in grief. And so you are in a, in a, I mean, a very tangible way mm-hmm. getting to demonstrate the, the heart of Jesus for totally. them, which is super cool. Yeah. It's, it. It's awesome. It is really intimidating, but God yeah. is so present. So that's, yeah, it's awesome. Mm. So how do you, it's changing gears just a little bit, but as you think about your 
your vocational callings to your family, to your work, and to the church? How do you navigate the competing demands of these different areas? Mm. How do you make sure that you're not um, burning out or overstretching? It's common, especially in church planting. Mm -hmm. Uh, What are you guys, three years in now? It's yeah. common three years in yeah. for church planters and their families to be really suffering mm-hmm. uh, in part because um, boundaries are, are, aren't are there and there's just, mm-hmm. a com- there's just a competing demand uh, for more and more of your time or your husband's time or mm-hmm. um, your family's time. So how do you, how do you navigate that? Um, I think you just got to be in a pretty much always in a state of reevaluation because like you were saying, it all ebbs and flows and the church may need more in a season than my work does. Um, Blythe may need more in a season than either work does. And um, Mm. I think also just having a priority, Craig and I have talked about that a lot because I know you guys are aware, but um, just good for everyone to know. I was a pretty hesitant church planter's wife. I was not game from the get-go um it i've never wanted to be a pastor's wife uh let alone a church planter's wife Mm. um i didn't want the church to be the other woman in our marriage and Mm. um so i've i've been working worked through that actually at the von hoffer house a lot with your wives uh which has been really cool Mm yeah um again that kind of shoulder to shoulder working alongside somebody but um that has always been a fear. So Craig and I processed that a lot, especially at the beginning, like, Hey, what are our priorities here? Um, at what point would you say no to the church to say yes to something else? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think those conversations, um, as a couple are really, really important because what you think they're thinking may not necessarily be the case and your expectations will eventually, um, kind of fall short and how they fulfill what you think they should be doing will eventually cause conflict and um, it's going to be messy, and that's maybe where you get burnout, where one's more outspoken than the other, et cetera. So um, communicating as a couple and reevaluating constantly, like Blythe right now is a toddler, um, and she's so full of life. And if we were living where we were six months ago, we would be having a, maybe some different um, priorities, but we live now in a neighborhood where her best friend lives two doors down. Mm. And so she's getting... Uh, you know, different engagement and different thing met needs met by other people. Mm. Um, and so we, we are constantly evaluating that. Um, but again, like there's going to be seasons where you can't give a hundred percent to all of your vocations. Mm-hmm. And, um, sometimes it's going to feel like they're all asking that of you. And that's just, you just going to have to go to the Lord and, mm-hmm. and prioritize, prioritize, um, and what can wait you know, what's urgent and what can wait. And also like, what do I value, uh, in the long run the most mm-hmm. and helping that kind of form how you prioritize. Cause, uh, it's not, it's never going to be the same. It's never going to be like marriage, family, church, blah, blah, blah. Like it's gonna, it's gonna ebb and flow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not fair to put that expectation. I don't think. Mm. That made me think about one thing that I, I like to counsel or, or coach, uh, church planters with, and I think is is probably true for anyone, but um, and that's the importance of understanding the seasonal priorities within your work, and I, and I think it, it works with family too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I think about it with with uh, past pastors out there, um, you will have people coming for your time and attention all the time, mm-hmm. 
Uh, and that's part of the calling. Part of the calling is to love people and to care for souls and uh, people have needs and, and they want, you know, and it's, it's good that they should want their pastor to, to minister to them. But uh, there are, you know, there, there's a, a kind of hierarchy of priorities. So for instance, at our church, we have a, we have a team of elders. Uh, this is not something that Craig will have as a church planter. Uh, but eventually mm-hmm. God willing, he will. And which means that we, we take our members and we each have certain members that we have care over. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that we don't care for the other ones, but it does mean that priority wise, if someone who's in Brett's care group it comes to me and says, Hey, can we get coffee? Um, uh, I am probably going to say yes, but if I'm in a particular season of life where, where I, I realize, man, that this is, I don't have time for this right now. Something else is going to have to go. Uh, I'm going to say, you know, I, I actually don't have space this week. Let me, let me, uh, check with Brett, see if he's available. Um, now even less, less, uh, compelling than people wanting to have coffee. There may be other projects that come up. There might be, um, certain things where, oh, you're like, oh man, we should be going in this direction and doing this thing, or I need to get over here and do this thing. And and it's really helpful to have a kind of three to five vocational priorities to say, does it fall into one of these? If it doesn't fall into one of these, then I can do it, but that's the first thing that's going to go, mm-hmm. you know, if, if, mm-hmm. um, or, or it's the last thing that's going to get added to the schedule. So, uh, you know, I, if I've got an opportunity to travel somewhere and do a conference, you know, go to go to a conference with someone who wants to go to a conference with me. Okay, that's fun. But that's not really one of my priorities. Yeah. And so if my family's in a place where me being gone for a few days is going to be really hard, uh, I'm just going to say no. It doesn't, it, it's not, it's, it's not what God's put in, in front of me in this time. And so, um, so I think that's helpful to have a kind of priority list or have a hierarchy of priorities so that you can you can run things through the grid of where does this fall and what God's called me to right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's low, then it's, it's more flexible. It, it's less, uh, um, you know, certain, you know, what, one of the other things you said that Jenny and I do, we don't do it nearly enough, but uh, we have a regular uh, planning time where we're actually doing it this week. So I like, we like to do it at the beginning of semesters because the Bonhoeffer house runs on a kind of semesterly schedule. So we'll get together this week and we'll have our calendars and Jenny is old school. So she still uses a big desk calendar. (laughs) And so, um, props. Yeah. So she, she, she will just write them all out in pencil. I'll use Google calendar and beg her to get on Google calendar so we can just sync up, but she won't do it. (laughs) And we'll talk about that when we have her on. Um, and so we'll go through our calendar We'll go through and do a little bit of a, a kind of financial reevalue. Like, do you have enough money for groceries? We have kids are getting bigger; they're eating more. Do we, you know, just we're we're trying to circle back around to t- touch base and figure out um, what what does family life need right now? How does my work schedule and our family schedule work together? Uh, what what are the kind of you know we've got oh we've got a birthday party coming up for a kid or for a grandma. But I also have some work trial. How do these things sync up? Because what I don't want to do is I don't want it to be like, oh, hey, we've got this thing with a family across the, you know, across the street, and I'm like, no, I'm actually out of town, and we don't know. And mm-hmm. uh, so, so you know, yeah. big fan of that kind of coming together as a family and figuring out what are our priorities, what does our calendar look like. Yeah, um, I think that's really important. And I think on that theme of like constantly reevaluating, um, sometimes the Lord's using something that's 
pulling more of your time and attention to direct you towards something, right? Like, mm. or maybe there's value in investing more in that season. Like, um, like Blythe with her little best friend, uh, we get to spend so much time in our neighbor's home and that's really valuable. Yeah. And, and I think that allowing, um, something that maybe just keeps coming up and, and drawing your attention, like, Hey, like why, why just, you yeah. know, asking some good questions. Like, is this something that should take precedence now? Is this something that, yeah. um, is not something I've thought of before, but like a way that the Lord wants to see the gospel moving in, in a space that maybe wouldn't normally. Yeah. That's good. That's good. So that, that leads really well to our, uh, one of our last questions before we get to the lightning round. Uh, talk a little bit more about church planting. Your experience as, as the wife of a church planting pastor, you're more than just the wife of a church planting pastor, though. You are one of the leaders of the Karen Church. I, I understand maybe you're helping lead worship right now, but you've mm -hmm. probably worn a variety of different hats, hosting people, um, community group, missional communities. Mm -hmm. Is that what you guys call them? Mm -hmm. Yeah, missional communities. That's cool. Communities. We're going to call ours that one day. That's what you guys call it Sojourn too, isn't it? No, no you're community groups. <laughs> We're just community groups. We're like Bible study small groups. We Well, to, to be fair, they're called all kinds of things. Oh, like, yeah. We just have members who call them home groups. Yes. We have members who call them small groups. Well, this is, this is also Floyd, so people probably don't want anyone to tell them what to call them. <laughs> <laughs> I'll call it what I want. But Shout out to all my friends in Floyd. <laughs> Officially, they're community groups. <laughs> Good. So you've had a lot of different hats. Uh, yeah. You've worn a lot of different hats in church planning. You've got a unique perspective. Uh, we certainly are trained. We're training uh, men to be church planters and pastors. But all, as part of that, we're wanting to care for their whole families, care for their mm -hmm. wives, prepare their wives for what it's like mm -hmm. uh, out there in the world. Mm -hmm. And so what has it been like? What have been some highs and lows for you? Um you know, how have you been able to serve the church? I'm particularly interested in how you uh, have, um, if if you have been able to not feel pressured into something, mm -hmm. um, but been able to explore what it means for you to flourish using your gifts and strengths. Um, you know, so oftentimes a church planting wife or a pastor's wife is just like, well, I guess I'm the women's director now. <laughs> and because everyone just looks to them and that's just what ends up happening. Um, but in your case, it seems like you've been able to, to navigate your 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 way and and operating out of strengths or at least out of callings, mm -hmm. so I'd love to hear more about that. How have you been able to serve the church? What has it been like? Yeah, um, a lot of that goes back to Craig. Um, just his vision originally for our plant was less programs, um, which is helpful because then you need less bodies to lead said programs. Um, so that was helpful. Um, the other thing that's really different and has been really challenging, but also given us a bit of breathing room is Blythe is the only child right now. Mm. So child, you mean in like the whole church in the whole church? That's right. Yeah. Um, wow. yeah. Soon to be two, <laughs> not for me, uh, someone else is pregnant. So okay. that's good. Um, but so that in itself, we're kind of a different, uh, thing altogether, but, um, a lot, um, goes back to just Craig, um, being so willing to listen. Um, he didn't have a clear vision of what he expected from me. And so we've got to grow in my role together, um, which has been really beautiful. Um, originally I was on the lead team, um, well the vision team and then the lead team. Um, and I really, really enjoyed helping to like form 
uh, just all the church documents and like learning how a church is formed from the beginning. Um, and now I'm in a season of life where we're trying to adopt and we have Blythe and lead team just doesn't work for me. And mm. I think, um, as a wife and a mom, like give yourself grace that seasons change. Um, and that raising children has value. And sometimes that's what you, that's your calling in yeah. the church. Um, for a season, um, I do get to lead worship now, which is really beautiful. This, this will be worth a chuckle. Um, for a while we had no one musically talented in our church. Um, but this was one of the things where it's like, well, if no one's going to do it, I guess I'm going to do it. Led worship via YouTube videos. I'm sorry. How did, how did that work? (laughs) Um, I would select YouTube videos and play them and sing them. For the church. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. And um, if you it. want an awkward worship service, that's the way doesn't? to do it. And who doesn't? And who doesn't really? really? And this it was like small recorded, group in a living room. Oh no. It was just okay. like me on my phone <laughs> with Blythe crawling all over me, playing YouTube clips. And you're and playing it on your phone speakers mm-hmm, mm-hmm. while you sing. With printed lyrics. So I went okay. that oh, that's far. Classy. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? There was a need and people wanted to worship and God was still present. That's and it was awesome. an awkward <laughs> phase in our history. But you know what? God used it and it was super humbling for me. And now I get to play with my sister-in-law and my brother who are actually musically talented. Mm. And I just get to be a little singer up there and that fills my heart. Mm. Um, I think that something is when they're when they when they're getting on your nerves. Do you ever threaten to replace them with YouTube videos? <laughs> I've done it before. I can do it again. <laughs> no, I don't threaten. I offer it, and that in itself uh, is a threat. I I'm uh, happy to lead this week if you don't mind YouTube clips. Yeah, <laughs> like, and you like, know what? No, we'll come I'll back into in town there. for Sunday. Yep, I'll like, jump back in there. No Did you consider <laughs> getting like a karaoke jukebox? Oh, you know what? I didn't think of that. That would have been that would really have been fun. really good. You could have like invited people up. Like, do you want to do this song? <laughs> Let's all jump up here. The my, lyrics are on the screen. My niece, my niece uh, came to visit. Well, my brother and his family came to visit for uh-huh. Christmas, and she had a, she had one of those. Uh-huh. And we had so much fun singing karaoke. Has anybody made like a contemporary Christian like a, music <laughs> <laughs> like worship jukebox, like, like just karaoke? a Hillsong box? Yeah, for ch- for church plans. You know they have a um, we could ha- we could make that. They have the Joel Osteen Inspiration Cube <laughs> yep. now that you can get on Amazon <laughs> or at do, Walmart. You could do karaoke box Which, as your worship and Joel and Osteen Joel, Cube as, as your sermon. sermon. Who yeah. needs a sermon? You'll Which, be out of business. By the way, I have made a New Year's resolution to buy that uh-huh. and then play one encouraging. Um, inspiration from Joel Osteen each <laughs> podcast. Uh, inspiration time. Yep. Inspiration time with, with Joel Osteen. Yeah. I think it works. Yeah. Anyway, that's so that's a good one. So you're leading worship now. Yeah. Um and that it really fills my heart and it really stretches me. And I think that's something to remember, like you were saying, like just because there's a gap doesn't necessarily mean you need to fill it. Um, something it really, really important to remember in church planting is like gaps are okay and it's not going to be fully um, filled out. You're not going to have a service that looks like um, a well-established church in yeah. the first couple of years. Like it's going to be a little bit awkward and there's going to be obvious gaps and, and that's okay. Um, mm-hmm. And being okay in that um, and realizing that um, if that's not what God's calling you to, then just leave it. Right. And and sometimes where you're serving might not fill your soul up, but a lot of times God's calling you to stuff that um, makes your life feel beautiful and rich and challenges you and grows you. And um, 
it shouldn't just always feel like a drudge, mm. you know? Um, That's like, uh, we've got, we've got an elder here at Valley Bible Church, a delightful man named Brian B. Hall is probably listening. Shout out to Brian and Brian, <laughs> Brian can, Brian can sometimes, uh, he's got this, uh, way about him. How would I describe it? Um, well, uh, here, he, he helps us, Brett and I, because Brett and I want to do stuff. We're just like, hey, we should do that. And he'll be like, a need does not make it a calling. We're <laughs> like, okay, Brian, we want to do it. He's like, just because there's a need doesn't mean it's a calling. <laughs> We're like, no, but we want to do it. He's like, just because there's a need doesn't mean... <laughs> but it does help us, right? It's it does true, help though. to know that yeah. uh, a need doesn't constitute a calling necessarily. It could, it could and you yeah. need to be, pay attention to needs. Totally. Uh, but just because there's a gap doesn't mean it has to get filled. Some gaps just need to be gaps. Yeah. yeah. And maybe God's raising someone up and he's working in their heart and every week it doesn't happen. God's like, hey, I'm calling you to this. And yeah. and if you fill it, it's just like filling every silence with noise or chatter. Mm. You know, and you they, need to leave that mm, space. Sometimes you just got to play the YouTube video and, <laughs> and someone will sometimes step up and go, you know what? That out. <laughs> I can play the piano. I've had yeah. enough of this situation. <laughs> Hey, what gets you excited? Last question before yeah. we go to our lightning round. What gets you excited about the future of the Karen Church? Mm-hmm. Um, we're kind of in, COVID has been kind of an, I mean, for everybody, goods and bads in the world of church planting. Um, but something that's beautiful is we've just seen some leaders kind of rise up uh, and it's created just a really uh, tight um, little body. Um, and I am really excited to see who God has, um, brought to the Karen and who are leading alongside Craig. And it has been so beautiful in the last, um, probably six months. The people I've prayed for for years are coming and Mm. standing alongside Craig and I get to take a step back or into something different and watch them lead with him. And that just like fills my heart up because, um, there were really, really lonely seasons where it was just him and I, and, um, I knew he was feeling that even more than I was because he left you guys. Like he, does that, does that help with all my burns? Does that heal the wound a little? That was a little balm. That was a little balm. Yeah. He left you guys behind (laughs) and there was a big hole in his heart Mm. and there was an Bonhoeffer house shaped hole. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. A hammer and quill, maybe a hammer and quill hole in the heart of Craig. (laughs) Um, but yeah, just watching, watching him go through that was such a a weight on my heart. Mm -hmm. And so, um, the exciting thing for me is watching the Lord, um, yeah, raise up people to lead with him that are super excited about what God's doing in the Valley. Mm. Mm -hmm. I'm excited about that too. Shout out to the, the Karen and, Mm -hmm. uh, man, I'm, I'm really excited. I've been, you know, of course, you know, I've been talking with Craig regularly and uh, doing some coaching and care for him. And it seems like God is, it really is bringing people mm-hmm. where for so long it felt like people would come and then they'd go and people would mm-hmm. come and then they'd go. And now people have come. Yeah, mm. people have come and people are choosing to stay. Which Set is down roots. Awesome. Answer prayer, yeah. Excellent. All right, moving on to the lightning round. We close our times with a rapid fire. We're going to fire off some questions and you've got to answer them quickly. As quick as you can. First question is this. What's the best Canadian meal? Oh, boy. Oh, I don't know. Something everyone who visits Canada, they need to get it. How about that? A particularly unique, like, would you say poutine? Ew, no. Ew, no. Ew. <laughs> Ew. That's, Ew. I mean, 
Ew. What's wrong with you? <laughs> That's disgusting. That's disgusting. You know barfo. What is poutine? <laughs> That's French fries and gravy. And cheese curds. And cheese curds. It is a heavy meal. Um, you know what? There's nothing like specifically Canadian that I'm like, oh man, can't wait to get home and have that. I love me some good Timbits. Which okay. for you know, the uninitiated. Holes, little donut Oh, hole. yes. Yep. Okay. Um, I... I there's nothing that you know we I'm have like, donut holes here though. Dramatically different. <laughs> I know, but these are branded. Oh it's right, different. yeah, they're better. They're better. Yeah. <laughs> Great. So if you go to Canada, go to uh, where do you get those? Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons, of course. Yeah. Every every that's street very corner, Canadian. very that Canadian. Is like, very that's Canadian. what came to mind for me. Yeah. So I didn't know Timbits yeah. specifically. I mean, I'm gonna say the food is very subpar, average at best. But it's the you know, Tim Hortons yeah. or okay. Yeah. You're not you're not you're it's not saying in all of Canada. All Canada. No, no, okay. no, 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 no. Because I like to speak for all of America, so I assumed you were speaking for all of Canada, but you're not. Just I'm just not quite as inflated, but um, <laughs> the uh, food hurts okay. in multiple ways. <laughs> I like to bookend my zingers. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Michael's, Michael's making inflated. Michael's no no. Michael's making inflated. He's making it like he's trying to show that I'm inflating. You did speak about how you've inflated. I've gained some pounds, but good grief. You're like, you're like really making some major movements with your hands. Full circle. We're, we we went there. We're good okay. now. Do we even need to ask this next question? I, we might have just gotten the answer. Uh, what's your greatest burn against Jesse? <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of proud of and what Michael, just happened here. <laughs> I mean, there's been good ones, but. I think there's, how do you choose from such a large catalog? <laughs> that's per, that's, that is probably the correct answer. When Zoe was like, I don't really want to be a church planting wife. She took out all that anger on me. <laughs> Well, because I mean, some targets are easy. Well, yeah, we yeah. Yeah. some targets are we easy. Know where you're going okay, <laughs> what through. what is something under a hundred dollars that every mom should own? Mm. Maybe mom of a toddler. Yeah, um, I would say anything that helps you do something that fills your bucket. So um, for me, getting being active. So if it's something she can do with me, um, that looks like. Uh, for us, we have this cool stroller you can put skis on, and I oh, can pull her behind me cross oh, country skiing. And oh, I can like do that you with can, my friends. Yeah, like you put the stroller on skis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, and then it attaches around it's a your different waist. World. Yeah, yeah. So, but you, that's what I mean. It's yeah. got to be something that fills your bucket. When you first said that, I definitely pictured downhill skiing, <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> Zoe, is that not don't dangerous? do that. She wears a helmet; it's fine. <laughs> no, you really shouldn't do that. <laughs> I just put I put the does the she go in front and you on. hold on like like reins? <laughs> put the stroller stroller skis on. We hit the moguls. <laughs> There's nothing we can't do together. Got to strap her in. Put the helmet on. But yeah, Great. anything that helps you do something. Fill the bucket. Yeah. Fill the bucket. Okay, uh, what do you do to get unstuck? Say you're stuck on a project at work. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what are what are some things or what's one thing that you do to get unstuck? Um, I mean, again, being active. Um, downhill kinda, ski with your daughter <laughs> hitting those moguls now um <laughs> fresh air is huge mm. um and then just sometimes just processing a bunch of gibberish before you get somewhere good with somebody else mm. excellent there's excellent. a lot of fresh air in Canmore. there's a lot it's just so Extra much fresh, fresh. Air. Mm-hmm. hey where is one place in the canadian rockies that everyone should visit once mm. well obviously Canmore. 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 i can't wait 
to go back to the Bow Valley. You know what you need to do? You need to come in the winter, early winter, so you guys can be, you can handle it. Okay. Uh, so that we will never leave. Is this your strategy? <laughs> <laughs> also that, but okay, early pre-snow, okay. the lakes freeze almost clear. And Ooh. so you can see down, down, down. I've skated um, on like, I'm not sure if this is water or ice because it's so clear. And you can see like fish under you. You can see rocks. You can see it's awesome. That's the top, top experience for me. But isn't it really cold? There you have it. <laughs> it's not that <laughs> there bad. You have it's it. not that bad. I'm not much of a skater. Oh, well, you can stand on the ice. We're you can really go in the, the stroller with the skis. I'll pull you. <laughs> <laughs> I, now that <laughs> I would want to see. <laughs> it's got that, little windows on the side. That it's might good. be the best. <laughs> it's just every Hey, Craig, Jesse's getting heavy. Can you, <laughs> can you pull him? <laughs> Faster, Craig. <laughs> What book is currently on your nightstand? Um, Ministry of Ordinary Places by Shannon Martin. Oh, we'll put that in the show notes. Yeah, I've yeah. not heard of that. Um, quick recommendation, Church Planting Wives listening, Read Falling Free by Shannon Martin. It will um, really, really encourage your heart on mm. hospitality and being neighbor. And it's, um, I forget the exact um, little catch line, but it's basically... Um, like the gospel calling you to, into uncomfortable spaces. Ooh. Falling Excellent. free. Falling free. Falling free, Shannon Martin. Cool. Both mm-hmm. of these will be in the show notes, and so you can click the link there if you want. Excellent. Last question. What advice do you have for church planters' wives out there? Uh, be honest. Uh, don't don't assume your husband's calling is, is going to be exactly uh, yours, that you will fully feel in involved in and able to embrace from the get-go sometimes it's uh learned and there's heart change that needs to happen and processing and Mm. the only way you're going to get there is being honest and there is no shame in not feeling called right away Mm. there's no shame you're you want to be united with your husband in that and so processing with godly people contacting people who are experienced church planters wives um it i i don't know if we would be church planters today if I didn't have godly Mm. women around me encouraging me saying I felt the same way. Mm. So good. So good to have you on in spite of all the burns, all of the, (laughs) it was a risk you knew it was. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it was, it was true. Hey, it was really good to have you on Zoe. Thank you for for joining us here in America Mm -hmm. and in on the hammer and quill episode 25. Thank you listeners for listening and tuning in. Tune in next time as we finally, we finally interview Aaron Whirl, uh, our local homesteading uh, sister-in-law of Michael, who has a unique experience both in ministry and family life and in homesteading, canning, baking, raising raising animals. animals, raising children, designing a home. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great. And thank you listeners for tuning in. Please subscribe, review us on iTunes, throw some five-star reviews our way. Until next time, peace. peace.